record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Hi, I'm Tom Russell, Senior Editor with Furniture Today, here with Powell Slaughter, also Senior Editor with Furniture Today, and we are here on our our second edition of the Homefront series for On the Record this week. I'd like to welcome you all back to our podcast. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about pre-market and our experiences with that event just this past week and kind of looking forward ahead to the uh, high point market cycle that now we are in the thick of as it is indeed going to happen. All right. Um, well, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by um, Bone Bassett President Doug Bassett. Um, Doug is also chairman of the High Point um, Pre-Market Sponsors Committee, and he's been knee-deep in dealing with, uh, with state and local officials, um, all the exhibitors, contacting retailers who are coming in, and he's going to get give his take on um, you know what he referred to in our pages as the fall market season, which extends with the kickoff and pre-market all the way through high point markets. So we're looking at a six week period of extensive showroom visits and um, um, conversations with um, key vendors among retailers about what they're gonna be doing moving forward. Yeah, thanks pal, that's some good points. Uh, We each had a busy couple of days here at pre-market. how many people did you see, Tom? I think, you know, I was just going through my list, um, probably about, I would say between about 16 and 20, because I hit a few places on um, on Friday afternoon, late Friday afternoon, and then um, and then Monday and Tuesday, and I was downtown again Wednesday, so probably about 20, roughly. We've got about 40 showrooms. Um, our count was 329 total, including the um, exi- the sponsoring exhibitors and non-sponsors. What I'm hearing it was closer to 350, but there were some people who didn't let us know they were going to be open. But it was indeed the mother of all pre-markets. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen anything like this in all the years that I think we've each been um, working for um, in the industry. Absolutely. Was, um, and there are a lot of people who um, either first time exhibitors or people who hadn't shown in a meaningful way in pre-market for years. Um, that ranged all the way from um, um, huge companies like Ashley yeah. to um, high-end um, manufacturers such as EJ Victor. Norwalk Furniture was here for the first time. Taylor King, the list kind of goes on and on for that. Yeah, pal, you had, um, we, we each basically put together a uh, kind of a business story combining some of our comments. And I thought it was interesting, pal, that a lot of your comments did indeed focus on, on the higher end. What did you see? Um, were there any surprises there that you saw at the high end? 
Well, one of the things I was looking for was going to be the um, type of um, uh, type of um, customer that these folks had coming in. You know, traditionally, pre-market's been for larger retailers um, or um, traditional retailers who um, can drive in. Um, you know, for example, at Taylor King and EJ Victor, um, Norwalk, so um, they were seeing a number of, um, you know, more design-focused um, people, um, interior designers. And, um, you know, what we might call boutique higher-end stores that don't normally come. Um, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, we're hearing other reports um, from our colleagues on other publications that there was quite a bit of activity among the fabric people, the um, lighting and accessories vendors. So, um, I don't know, for me, it was hard to, you never can really gauge uh, pre-market traffic so it, because it is so spread out. Yeah. But um, there are there are a lot more people, a lot more um, retailers and designers here this time. Um, I think Doug had told me they were estimating about 175 um, of, you know, what, what we would call a traditional pre-market core. And that's compares to about a hundred and thirty, hundred and fifty um as usual for, for usual. But um anyway, it was it was quite active and um it, again it was appointment only, so you, you didn't it you didn't it certainly didn't have a market feel. Nobody wanted it to have a market feel, right? Um, considering everything that's going on. How about you? What did you see, Tom? Well, I thought it was very uh, it seemed to be um you know, at pre-market, it never seems like there's a huge crowd anyway. I mean, we run into people on the street and sometimes in the elevator, but this was a little more in the same, but it did seem like there were more retailers. You'd see more people out so you could feel that presence. And in talking to a lot of our, um, you know, the companies that we cover respectively, I think we each probably find that you know, whether they saw less than 20 or over 100, in some cases, uh, customers or individual accounts or designers, you know, it was in a lot of cases, it was double. And in some cases, we heard triple the amount of customers that they would typically see at a, uh, a pre-market. Um, you know, I was talking to, um, to Jeff Young over at at ART yesterday, and I think they had um, about 79, I believe he told me, close to 80, which was several more than they had had anticipated or had, you know, basically some firm expectations were coming. So um, I think in a lot of ways, people were, they knew it was going to be crowded, they, or they knew there were going to be a lot of retailers, but I think they were still very pleased at the, the attendance. Yeah. Well, you know, like uh, um, Sean O'Connor at Universal told me they had something like 130 appointments. And, yeah. you know, which is, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it's way more than usual. Right. And, you know, even at a, even at a, a company that had 12 appointments, mm -hmm. you know, they might not even be a regular exhibitor at pre-market or they might be a smaller company. So it was all kind of relative there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but it was, um, it was a lot different from what we're used to, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And and I was surprised. I mean, I really wasn't surprised because, you know, there was a lot of product that we saw that was kind of carryover. Like at EJ Victor, for example, I think we both hit hit that showroom. 
and they had a lot some of the stuff from the Ellen DeGeneres line um, which is I think it'd be really interesting opportunity for them but they also had some new pieces that that were added so I mean there's a lot of customers that have seen some of this stuff virtually maybe they're seeing it again for the first time in person but that's like a whole new experience seeing it in person and I think getting to see some new additions Magnuson was another great example of a company that had um, some additions to existing product lines and, um, you know, proven sellers. In other words, uh, lines that had product not only in stock, but had had done well already on retail floors. So they were adding maybe a new category, dining and or, or bedroom, some new pieces. Heckman was another good example you know, they showed a couple of their best-selling groups and, and a couple of different alternative finishes, which when you look at them, you might think you're looking at an entirely new group, um, that, that depending on how it's executed. Yeah, I, uh, I saw the same thing with upholstery. Um, there were several showrooms, a number actually, that did have product that they from that was originally scheduled for April that really hadn't gotten a shot yet with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But they also you know, expanded and kind of blended in some um, newer pieces that address some of the things that people were seeing in demand for this current boom in retail. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think I went into a single showroom that didn't have a, if they hadn't had it, they are expanding into sectionals. Um, a lot of activity was stationary upholstery too, particularly in leather, you know, Leather was all about motion for a couple of years, and um, I think I think there's some need out there um, for fresh product in leather stationery. Um, not only the fresh product, but um, you know from sources that can get you know that are um, warehousing and stocking these types of goods to get them to retailers as fast as possible, which kind of leads into another big topic of discussion. Um, between um, between customers and vendors getting product on time, especially when, you know, for some of the new products, I was hearing, okay, well, we can get this to you maybe in, you know, in, in May or something. Yeah. So, you know, that, that all had, it depends on a company's product development cycle. But um, you saw a lot of emphasis um, also in upholstery with um, goods that they had in stock uh, for quick ship. Um, also, a couple of you know pretty um, interesting um, um, upholstery programs with some custom options, but still um, kind of geared with a fabric selection that uh, enabled um, enabled them to get that out the door a little bit quicker than usual, maybe. Did, did Universal have some of their custom upholstery? Were they doing custom? Yeah, they did. Um, and they got an interesting um, mix there. Um, they are doing um, uh, married covers out of their um, out of out of their import line, um, their import production, and they are stocking those for um, quick delivery. Um, they are building up stock on that. Um, they are able to offer through, you know, they acquired Southern Southern um, Furniture last year. Um, they've integrated that operation into their business, and um, 
they're able to offer some. They're able to offer these same frames in a bigger variety of um, of covers and fabrics and leather. Wow! Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Well, I noticed on the wood side, you know, it was kind of an opportunity for companies to um, either get into new categories or expand categories. And as we know, one of the really hot categories is home office. Um, you know, it was funny because you saw companies like um, A America kind of getting into the category for the first time. I was over at Bernhardt on Wednesday morning um, of pre-market, and uh, which I guess would have been the 16th. And they had uh, several uh, home office vignettes, you know, smaller scale writing desks mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, you know, there was also some larger executive desks like Hooker has been a big resource in the category, and they've expanded with several of their own uh, executive, junior executive desks. So there's a lot going on in that category, plus outdoor. We actually, we, looks like um, Doug Bassett has uh, come on to the uh, the meeting here, so I'm going to let him, uh, I'm going to admit him. Just a second here. I was saying when, when you mentioned Bernhardt, they also had a stationary program with leather. Um, yeah. They kind of extended their plush seating program with yeah. some really nice um, stationary leather. Yeah, it's kind of exciting to see. Yeah. Hey, Doug. Doug Bassett. Welcome, Doug. Colin Powell, good to see you. Yeah, yes, good to see you as well. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yes. Glad yeah. to do it. Yes, thank you. Um, with the, you are you are actually our very first special guest on the home front. So, very good. Well, thank you to, uh, to have you. Uh, Only up here from uphill from here, guys. It'll be <laughs> <laughs> well. Again, thank you. Um, we we thought it would be timely to um, to have you, Doug, uh, not only as president of Vaughn Bassett, but also. Powell is the chair, chairman of the uh, Half Point Pre-Market Sponsors Committee. Yes, yes. So we were talking about pre-market, Doug, and um, thought we'd like to hear some of your take on uh, on the event from a company standpoint and maybe what the committee has observed. Well, um, as, as I've told you before, we're living in the friggin' twilight zone. <laughs> um, the yeah. overall economy is not good. Yet the furniture industry is on fire and we're all benefiting from that trillion dollars in discretionary income that none of us are spending on planes and hotels and fine dining and indoor entertainment. We're spending very little on and people are stuck at home looking at that ugly sofa or that empty bedroom and um, almost to an account, uh, everyone's business is on fire. Um, we ended up seeing about 200 dealers uh, at pre-market. Um, Vaughn Bassett saw about 100 of them. Um, 100 either don't like us or we're too low-end or too high-end or don't suit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's typical of all the sponsors. You, you don't see everybody. But there were 200 dealers in town instead of 100. Uh, so it was, it was up by 100%. And they were all there looking not only at the new introductions, which they appreciate all of us coming out with, but what can they get and can they get it immediately? That was the, the big concern from everyone. Yes, we heard that too, um, Doug. And we were just, 
talking about that. It, you know, it, it really is about uh, making sure the floors are going to have plenty of product, you know, for the fall and, and late fall selling season, but also into the first quarter, it seems. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the uh, supply chain issues are going away. Well, that was something, wasn't it? This is Trisha again for Klausner Home Furnishings. From my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place, that Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. Doug, you were talking about how you didn't think these supply issues with the supply chain are going away anytime soon. So can you kind of speak to that some more, you know, well, let's speak to Vaughn Bassett very briefly. We're an American manufacturer that had 32 million in finished goods inventory yeah. back in May. To, today, we have 19 million in finished goods inventory. Um, every Over the course of June, July, August, and the first half of September, we have dropped half of our suits. We've dropped 60% of our SKUs. We've had a 5% price increase, and we've gone from delivering the net or shipping within 48 hours to shipping some stuff within 48 hours, but sometimes being out of product for one to two months. Mm. And I think we're doing better than almost anybody else in the bedroom category. Um, if you're an American manufacturer, not all your workers came back and it's hard to hire and it's hard to ramp up. If you're in Asia, um, I think there's a labor shortage in Vietnam. And even if you've gotten your people back and gotten your factory cranked up, there are not enough ships, there are not enough containers. Somewhere along the supply chain, things are breaking down. And business is up, uh, at least in case goods, 30 or 40 or 50 percent. Wow. I understand upholstery might even be better. And so um, dealers are screaming for goods, consumers are screaming for goods, and there's only uh, there's a limit to how fast the manufacturer or importer can ramp up. So I think we're in this kind of situation, almost no matter who you are, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I've been talking with a lot of upholstery manufacturers right now, and when, especially when you know, a lot of people, even if they're domestic manufacturers, they're bringing in kits um, and components and mechs for motion. And you know, if they if they didn't have a big stock of that on hand, you know, there's some delays. I'm hearing a couple of people who are talking about, you know, getting, you know, getting goods out in a matter of, uh, you know, couple or even several months. Um, some people really um, on the upholstery side really stocked up. Um, you know, kept kept flowing containers as much as they could even during the even during the shutdown. And those guys that really stocked up their warehouses um, or at their manufacturers stocked up, stocked up on kits and fabrics are in a lot better shape. But man, there is a, uh, we're gonna be having an article on this. It's, there's a huge bottleneck on the ocean right now. And, you know, somebody said it was like trying to get a basketball through a garden hose. And it's, it's, it's really tough because things are so good at retail. And, you know, we're, we're having this bottleneck where you can't really service all that business. Um, and again, I'm speaking more from the upholstery side. Uh, the, the same issues on case goods. And um, 
again, as, as long as the average consumer is not getting on a plane, not going to a Panthers game, not going on a vacation or spending money on fine dining, um, the housing, the home furnishings industry is going to thrive. Yeah. If, if there's a trillion dollars in unspent discretionary income and we're a $110 billion industry, if we only get 5% of that <laughs> trillion dollars, that's $50 billion and we're all up 45%. I think that's kind of what happened the last three or four months. Do we all think it'll calm down over time? Yes. But right now we're going into the fall selling season. So normally the summer's a little slow. Um, arguably, things should be as good or even a little better uh, for the next 90 days as far as orders go. Well, you know, one interesting thing that we heard um, at Free Market, Doug, from a number of, of resources was, um, you know, since there was not an April market, uh, we did have the June mini market, but um, some of the goods uh, has been have been shown virtually. Um, I think the industry has really stepped up from a technological standpoint and adapted, you know, whether it's Zoom technology or just digital marketing, really kind of stepped up. And some companies, you know, have been doing some of this stuff for years, but we've all kind of learned to use technology and, and show dealers. I mean, I was over at Baker, for example, and Erica Wingo over there was was telling me that, yeah, they had groups that a 90-piece group, um, I believe called Modern Lux, that they um, were planning for, for April or the spring site market cycle. And um, so they kind of showed it virtually. They kind of had dealers got a chance to see it, different panels and materials. And and so now they're they're going into like their fourth cutting. And nobody's really seen it in person till this week. And like, what a dramatic change that is. And, and I heard a number of companies, you know, Hooker Furniture, ART, for example, have already had multiple cuttings on their lines. So this stuff is starting to flow and there will be some available availability even on the new product, the brand new stuff, you know, heading into the fall. So that could be good, you know, for retailers too. Now, they won't have, they have the best of both worlds. They could have some inline goods, but also be able to freshen their floors with some, um, you know, new brand new stuff. And I, I'm sure you guys also have allowed them to have the best of both worlds with your kind of quick turnaround. We have two new collections and we used Ellen Geffen Productions to do two and a half minute video walkthroughs of the two new groups. Um, it'll be in our sales reps' hands by next week. Yeah. And we are um, urging uh, our sales reps to beat our competitors to the customers uh, to lock up their open to buy and to, to earn spots on their floor. I think one of the most interesting things that's happened at this first pre-market market that we've all gotten together for is that they're misnamed. Um, Pre-market was the beginning of market. Um, there were 200 of the best dealers in the country in town, and they got to go first. Um, the ones that were smart enough to drive in that maybe weren't invited, but on their, uh, on their own initiative came to town and took advantage of this, there were over 300 exhibitors that were open. 
Um, and we've all gotten a jump on market. Um, speaking to the 21 co-sponsors of pre-market to a company, if someone calls them up and says, I'd like an appointment on October 3rd or October 5th, some sales manager is going to show up in that showroom, including at Vaughn Bassett, and we're going to be glad to take you through prior to market. And then when we finally get to October market, we're going to see some of the big accounts, maybe from Philly or Boston or New York, who didn't come to pre-market. Um, maybe they don't come at all, um, but we're going to see a lot of smaller dealers and designers. And by the end of October, we will have put together over six or seven weeks, the first market season that the industry's had in a year. Um, but they're, um, I'm excited for High Point because I think uh, this is where the industry has chosen to gather for the first time in a year. Um, the other markets held this summer were poorly attended. The, the industry is desperately needed what started at pre-market and will conclude at market in five weeks. And that's to get together face-to-face -face and conduct business. So um, I, I'm delighted with how things went earlier this week. And I think we're gonna have a great five weeks. It's gonna be strange, but uh, we're gonna get it done over the next month. Hey, let me ask you something, Doug. You know, we've been talking about this, you know, we got this fall season, not just market. We got pre-market, we've got people open, um, you know, between market and pre-market. We've got several showroom um, or several vendors who committed to keeping their showrooms staffed and merchandise year-round for appointments at a retailer's convenience. Um, one of the things about, I've been pretty impressed throughout this crisis how the furniture industry is figuring out kind of new ways to do things um, and, you know, what's going on in High Point right now is certainly a great example. Um, but, you know, virtual meetings, um, between market introductions, between market, you know, key visits. How much of this stuff, you know, is, uh, how much of this stuff do you think is going to stick? Do you think, you know, like there might be some retailers going, hey, I kind of like, you know, being the, you know, you know, being the only, only show in town in a showroom. Um, what do you think, how much of this will stick moving forward, do you think? Well, as far as the, the showrooms and the market infrastructure in High Point, I think you need a big event that brings a bunch of people into town. Mm -hmm. So pre-market and market, I think, will remain the main events sure. in the market cycle. I think that mini market, maybe something like that will happen again if there's a need for it. Um, but given that we've all come together for six weeks, I'm not sure there'll be a need for it between now and the next free market. Time will tell. Um, uh, again, I think you're right with the videos and all of the things we can do with Zoom and virtually. Um, you know, Vaughn Bassett has 1,800 dealers. Only five or 600 of them came to market in the good old days. So they represented close to 80% of our volume. But there were two thirds of our accounts we needed sales reps for to go out and find them and sell. Them. And I don't think the reps going away. I don't think a market's going away. But there are new tools in the toolkit uh, to get business done, and I think we're all taking advantage of that. Uh, one thing, you know, obviously, you know, you guys have been working a whole lot. You and the market authority. 
on and the showroom building owners on uh, you know state and local health officials um i got i was i was impressed you know for the most part um on on the following of protocols um distancing um you know i know you know big buildings most of the time there wasn't more than one or two retailers in at any one time while i was there which is what they wanted to do um have you got I'm wondering if um, DHHS or anyone like that had anybody on the ground taking a look at what was going on and if y'all had gotten any feedback on that yet. I'm not aware of any state officials that were at pre-market, but I know that the market authority has been speaking to both the, the uh, Guilford County health officials mm -hmm. and with their help taking the plan to the governor mm -hmm. um, and to the state HHS office. And um, I think they got wonderful feedback from the state and they helped them perfect the plan uh, for how October market's going to be conducted. About the only bad thing that's come out of the last week or two is a handful of reps, I assume representing companies that are choosing not to open their space at either pre-market or market are uh, feeding the rumor mill that October market's not gonna happen. That is absolutely not true. Um, they're doing uh, a great disservice to their own reputations. But um, market markets ago, pre-market went well. And um, those who choose to show and open um, or come to market are, are going to get a lot of work done. And we're doing it in a safe and responsible way. So I, I feel great about what happened this past week and um, am very optimistic about how markets going to run well thanks very much for sharing that and uh, that information um doug because i tell you uh, not a day goes by where i don't get an email or something to say hey i hear markets not going to happen and and you know i say hey to me it looks like it looks like it's on so you know and there's been a lot of press coverage in the last two or three days to that effect uh, yeah yeah right the newspaper the trades you guys um, the television stations are all reporting that pre-market went well and that markets go. So uh, here we go. That's right. And it was it was certainly great seeing you at uh, pre-market, Doug, and all all the other companies and people that we cover in the industry. It was sort of a nice uh, a nice change to get to see people right from the home office. <laughs> right. Doug, Tom, and I really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for all those insights on pre-market and what the industry is looking forward to in the next um, six weeks. Um, right now, it's looking pretty darn good. Um, we got some things to smooth out, but um, that can be done. Thanks again. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. And for those that are listening, uh, they will get better and more interesting guests in the future. They had to start somewhere. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, everybody. I see y'all. Take care. Thank you.